Of course, this is just one of the cases Donald Trump is facing. There are four other criminal cases in total, 91 felonies. But that does not appear to be, a, to be hurting his bid for the White House. The polling out this weekend, exactly a year from the 2024 election, would suggest that in a rematch with President Biden, he would beat him in at least five of the six key battleground states. All the usual caveats apply here. It's only a snapshot in time. But right now, Joe Biden is losing in all the states he picked up in 2020. Nevada by 11 points, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. He's just ahead in Wisconsin, but you can see there that Trump is eating into his lead quite dramatically. Of course, he's never going to convince Republicans in the Trump column, but what shines through in this polling for Joe Biden is that he's losing support among those parts of the electorate that were so important to him in 2020. He is now only one point ahead among the under 30s. His lead among Hispanic and African-American voters is falling down a third among black voters and among suburban men and women as well. He holds just just a three-point lead. Remember that Atlanta, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Milwaukee, they were all key victories in 2020. 2020. So let's speak to Frank Luntz, who's a pollster and communication strategist. Frank, it's good to see you again. Did, did this polling, and there was a lot to go at in the New York Times-Siena poll this weekend, did it echo what you're seeing? It echoed the focus groups. It echoed the numbers that we've been getting for the last few months. But i got to be candid with you. It was even more so. And what I don't understand is that Donald Trump is going through these court cases one after another. He's appearing before judges and he's having to declare not guilty. And yet he is now beating Joe Biden. Arguably, Trump has never been this weak. And Joe Biden has benefited from an economy that seems to be getting back on its feet. But his numbers are getting worse and worse. And there's only one conclusion to this is that Joe Biden is too old to win the election one year from now, and that the public has decided that it is not just voting on Joe Biden as he is now, or that he, as he will be a year from now, but they're voting based on how he will be when he's 86 years old at the end of the next term, and that's too old for too many Americans. So they won't vote for the 81-year-old, but they would vote for the 78-year-old? Well, that's and I, I hear it in your voice. I can't see you, but I hear it. And yet, yeah, it does sound quite impossible. But the public is. I, I let's get to the bottom of this. Whichever party jettisons their front runner and chooses somebody from a generation much closer to ours, or even younger than us, is the party that's going to win the next election. I don't know which party that'll be, but the public is saying that based on what they see and what they hear from the president of the United States, they are saying that he's too old to serve another four years. Here's the thing that I don't understand from this polling that I was looking at over the weekend. How is Joe Biden only leading Donald Trump by three points, only three points when it comes to who is the better custodian of the democracy? when you have a candidate who most people outside the country would consider to openly show contempt towards the democratic process. I mean, this is a man who stirred a riot at the Capitol, according to most objective opinion, and yet he's only trailing Joe Biden by 3%. Why? Well, because, well, one of the things that is not being reported, and it's unfortunate, is that they ran other candidates, not just Donald Trump against Joe Biden, and those candidates that do even better than Donald Trump does. So this is not showing that Donald Trump is strong. The polling is showing that Joe Biden is weak. 
and any other Republican would have the same numbers or even better than Donald Trump's right now. I saw Nikki Haley, who's been gaining among Republicans, that her numbers are much better than Trump's in five out of these six states. So don't look at it that Donald Trump is doing well. Look at it that there's a collapse in the core vote for the president of the United States and the public, maybe not Congress, and maybe not the party apparatchiks, but the public is saying, thank you, Mr. President, for what you've done. Thank you for winning in 2020. Thank you for your governing. But it's time to go, and it's time to pass the torch to the next generation. And what if you run a hypothetical Democrat against Donald Trump? I believe that if it were Cory Booker, I'll use him as an example, or Mitch Landrieu, candidates who won't run against the president will back him as long as he wants to remain. But if those people were to run, I believe they win. And they could even win substantially. The Republican Party has not had a few good weeks or even a few good months. They're at each other. The anger within the GOP, the split between the MAGA, between the Trump group and the non-Trump group, is palpable. You can feel it. You can measure it in polling. And yet, that split is not relevant when it's up against a president who's 81 years old, who would be 86 at the end of his administration, and where the public, where 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds say, it's too much, he's too old, it's time for somebody else to come in and do the job. Only 19% of those polled think he's doing a good or excellent job on the economy. And yet, sitting over here on this side, if you look at the American economy right now, good job numbers, um, inflation's at a better rate than, than we're seeing here in Europe. Um, that there are signs as well that growth is healthier than it, it is here on the European continent. Why does that not translate to the voters? And if it turned before the vote in 2024, might Joe Biden's fortunes change as well? Well, that's an excellent question and helps explain why the Labour Party has such lead over the Conservatives, because the public hates inflation. The idea that they're working longer hours, they're working for slightly more pay, but they have less at the end of the week. Food is more expensive. Fuel is more expensive. Health care is more expensive. Housing is impossible on either side of the Atlantic. And on the American side, they blame this administration for inflation for at least not taking it seriously. And whereas unemployment affects 5% or 10% of the population, inflation affects every single voter. And the reason why Biden is doing so badly is because people got raises, and yet they have less money at the end of the week to spend on the things that matter to them. And mark my words, with Thanksgiving coming up and Christmas coming up, those numbers are going to deteriorate even further for the president, which is another reason why Democrats should be looking for an alternative as soon as they can. Frank Lance, always good to get your perspective. Thank you very much for that. We are going to take a short break. But the other side of the break, uh, we're going to speak to the Democratic Congressman Brendan Boyle, who will give us a Democrat view on those polling numbers around the world and across the UK. This is BBC News. BBC News, bringing you different stories from across the UK. It may look like a trip to the Science Museum, but believe it or not, this is Gatwick. 
It's a new centre with hands-on experiments with the hope of inspiring school children to consider jobs in STEM, otherwise known as science, technology, engineering and maths. Fundamentally, it is about our future pipeline of talent. We're hoping that they might be, you know, some of them might be the workforce um, for the future with Gatwick. Featuring a mock-up runway lighting rig, among this group, many were keen to see the opportunities on offer. When I grow up, I want to be an engineer. I think something to do with electronics, something to do with biotechnology, something to do with STEM. When I'm older, I want to be an aircraft carrier designer. I want to make a plane that can hold about 8,000 people that is a kilometre long. When I grow up, I want to be an engineer. I love the idea of creating planes and making them go faster, so I think it would be really cool to build a plane and then... You're watching BBC News. Well, as Frank Luntz said at the other side of the break, age seems to be the biggest problem for Joe Biden. In a fortnight's time, he'll be 81, 82 by the time he's re-elected. And the polls, 71% of registered voters in these six battleground states think he is too old to be an effective president. Interestingly, only 39% would say the same about Donald Trump, despite the untold number of gaffes we've had these past months. At 78, he would be no spring chicken himself. But it is about perception, and it is alarming Democrats. David Axelrod, who served in the Obama White House, said on X this weekend, the greatest concern is that his biggest liability is the one thing he can't change. Among all the unpredictables, there is one thing that is sure, the age arrow only points in one direction. Only Joe Biden, he went on, can make this decision. If he continues to run, he will be the nominee of the Democratic Party. What he needs to decide is whether that is wise, whether it's in his best interests or the country's. Let's put that then to the Democratic Congressman Brendan Boyle, who is with us and has been patiently waiting in Washington. Uh, Congressman, it's always good to see you. Thank you for your time this evening. So what do you think? Uh, on reflection and in light of these polls, should President Biden think about standing aside for another candidate? Well, it's good to be back with you, Christian. I have to say, I, personally, in my career, I've never been accused of being too old. Uh, <laughs> so I'm probably not the person to dispense advice on how to deal with that issue. Uh, but in terms of the New York Times Siena poll that came out yesterday and has certainly uh, gotten a lot of attention the last 24 hours, I, I think this needs to be put in its proper context in two respects. The first is, if you take not just this one poll, but the last dozen or so that have come out, it shows that the race is exactly tied, that both Joe Biden and Donald Trump are each around 42 uh, percent and the rest, about 15, 16 or so, are, are undecided. The second point is a year out from Election Day, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama were all losing re-election, according to those opinion polls. Of course, a year later, they would all go on to win their re-election. Right now, for most voters, when they're asked in these opinion polls, it is frankly a kind of an up or down referendum on the incumbent. Next year, however, once we get into the meat of the campaign, it won't be a referendum on one candidate, it'll be a choice. And when that happens, I think the choice will be quite clear that people will find that Donald Trump, uh, a return of his presidency, the sort of chaos and confusion and every day wondering if he was going to tweet, what he was going to tweet next, mm. I think people will choose the stability and the job growth over Joe Biden uh, of Joe Biden over Donald Trump. I, I think you're right. I, th I think in a, in a way, um, visibility and, and the head-to-head -head contest certainly changes the dynamics of a race. But but there's no getting away from the fact that the, the, the presidency is a performative role. 
Uh, and you know even now, when we see his team at the White House, they, they tightly control his daily commitments. He, he does look increasingly frail, and, and the voters see that. And, and there, is a, there is a risk when you're up that age that things deteriorate quickly. That's just life. It comes to all of us. Uh, how do you think the Democratic Party is looking at this behind closed doors? And, and do they have an alternative candidate if that came to pass? Well, it, it isn't going to come to pass. I mean, the reality is Joe Biden is running for re-election. He will be uh, the Democratic nominee, with all due respect to my colleague, uh, Dean Phillips, who I know is is running in, in New Hampshire. Um, I think, though, that, again, once we get into 2024, you will see improvement in those poll numbers. I also can tell you, as someone, I'm not with Joe Biden every day, but I've been with him uh, in the same room quite often uh, over the last two and a half years. He is 100% uh, in charge, making very important decisions day in and day out. Frankly, that's the most important part of the presidency. Yes, there is, as you pointed out, the performative aspect. But in the end of the day, it's the person who actually does the job. And more than anything else, that is making prudent decisions, minute in, minute out, hour in, hour out, day in, day out. Look, you're a ranking member on the, the Budget Committee, so we, we should talk about the economy. He calls it Bidenomics. He's in Delaware today talking about rail. He was in uh, another part of the country, forget now where he was earlier last week, but he was talking about rural communities. Whatever he says about the economy, and those numbers I was talking to with Frank are reasonably positive in, in his favour, it doesn't seem to make any difference to his polling. Why? I, I have to say, um, I was appreciating in the previous segment when you were pointing out just how much uh, better the US economy is doing compared to our peer nations around the world. That is a message this ranking member of budget I've been attempting to get out there. We literally had 14 million jobs created in this presidency, uh, had the greatest job creation since the late 1960s. Uh, but the reality is, for a lot of people, the inflation overhang is still the number one issue. Um, I think it's the number one issue for most Western uh, democracies' uh, electorates. Now, the good news is that we are on track to get back to 2% inflation rate by next summer. So I do believe that as long as this trend continues, uh, you will be, uh, we will see a much better economic situation come election time than perhaps people perceive right now. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about is, is obviously the, the, the conflict in, in the Middle East. Um, uh, we talked plenty about the situation in Northern Ireland over the years together. Um, Joe Biden won 64 percent of the Muslim vote in 2020. Do you think he's on safe ground, the position he has? Uh, you'll have heard the comments from Rashida Tlaib in, in Michigan, and we just put Michigan up as one of the battleground states. Are you concerned that his position could undermine his vote in these key battleground areas of the country? Yeah, well, I, so just, to, I mean, again, to put something in a, it, its context, uh, unlike a lot of European countries, the, the Muslim American population or Arab American population is relatively small. But in the key uh, battleground state of Michigan, uh, it, it's a little bit larger. Uh, and I am hearing some real discontent from otherwise Democratic voting uh, Arab Americans uh, and or Muslim uh, Americans. So I will acknowledge, I think that uh, all of us on the Democratic side will have to redouble our efforts come 2024 and kind of like the link to what we were talking about earlier, 
once we get into a choice election and not the current referendum, the choice will be between a Joe Biden who may have done some things that they might not agree with versus a Donald Trump who literally still wants a Muslim ban in the United States of America and is the leader of a party who has some Republican members of Congress who have endorsed genocide of Palestinians. Mm. Once there's that choice, I feel confident we'll be able to win back um, some uh, skeptical Arab, uh, Arab mm. American Democrats. Just in, very quickly, I've only got 30 seconds. In terms of these polling numbers, would you like to see more of Joe Biden on the campaign? I always think that, that Joe Biden is his best spokesperson. He's authentic. He's real. That was a big reason why he won uh, in 2020. And I have no doubt that you'll see him out there uh, quite often come 2024. Congressman Brennan Boyle, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program, sir. Thank you very much uh, for coming on uh, this evening to give us your thoughts. We'll talk plenty more about those uh, polling figures uh, with our panel. Uh,